This episode is brought to you by Left of Boom. We empower leaders to respond to crisis proactively and with confidence. I really hope that you enjoy these next few episodes in Crisis Talks, where we're looking at the human performance side of crisis management. Leadership in a crisis is a critical skill, and you'll hear from the next few interviewees the importance of leadership, the importance of innovation, and how we can create frameworks or processes that will enable innovation to occur in support of a time-critical crisis situation. Importantly though, we want to try and realise opportunity in the crisis, whether it be about improving the way that we go about business, reshaping the way that we engage with our customers and our clients, or finding a completely new and innovative way that we can manage our business. I'm kicking this series off with an interview with James Merchant, who is an expert in design thinking. We did some work a few years back when we were being acquired by Insurance Australia Group and we we're looking at how we can redesign the way that we approach the insurance and the risk market. It was a great session, it really rung true with me and the, the approach that we applied in that situation I think is really applicable in any crisis, uh, especially when we know that we need to have innovative and creative ideas to resolve complex problems. G'day ladies and gentlemen, today I'm interviewing James Merchant. James is an expert in design thinking, uh, who is the owner of Merchant Design Thinking and Innovation, has worked for organisations such as Insurance Australia Group, Suncorp and AAMI. Uh, More recently, James has been a mentor for the Insight Academy for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. And James I met personally as part of some work that we did a number of years back when we were being acquired by IAG, I think was the first time we met. It would have been. Five years ago. Five years. It goes very quickly, mate. It goes very quickly. So I suppose some people might be thinking, what does design thinking and innovation have to do with crisis management? And today, my intent really is to show you how um, a design thinking process and one that James has educated me in over the journey can be applied to solving really complex problems, which is really what crisis management is all about. So before we get into that though, James, can you just give us a bit more of a background on yourself and what you're doing and what the next opportunity looks like for you, which is pretty exciting. Uh, yes, thanks, Grant. Uh, well, as you said, for three years, I've run my own business, helping uh, companies, large companies, with to, to navigate through uh, particular problems that they might have, um, those around innovation, customer experience, um, managing change, uh, getting getting people within their own companies to work more effectively together. So it's been a really interesting journey working across many different industries. I've mm-hmm. worked with um, Hanson Concrete and Borrell Concrete to Australian Super to insurance companies, um, uh, telcos, Australia Post, a, a very broad range of companies on, on a large number of issues. So, And what, um, what was the sort of common themes that you see across those organisations? Um, I think most organisations really like to work around predictability and control mm-hmm. and, and use their existing knowledge to sort of solve problems that they have. And one of the big issues today is that your existing knowledge doesn't necessarily help as well as what it did in the past because the world's changing so fast and so quickly. So the way people behave and people's expectations are changing a lot. And I, most of the companies I worked with had an executive team that, that had a, a lot of experience and therefore had a lot of assumptions about what their customers wanted or needed. And they were often proved to be not quite right. 
mm-hmm. or not quite on the money. So everything's so dynamic that most of the companies just needed a, a lot of help in understanding what the real needs were or the real problems were that their customers were facing. And then I helped translate those into opportunities that could be developed into um, points of differentiation in terms of service or the way that the businesses operate. So it's a, a true point of strategy with a real customer at the end in mind, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything I do puts the customer in the middle. And it's called human-centred design uh, because everything you do, you build around um, the customer. You build around empathy for the customer, what the customer is trying to achieve, what's frustrating them, and find a pain point or a gain point and then flip that into a design opportunity. Now, I throw that into my thinking when we're talking about a crisis situation where you're talking about issues that are coming from either customers, third parties, other stakeholders, your own employees, mm-hmm. their families. The, the empathy, I think, is the key point for any of those decisions and, and as a central basis to human-centered design thinking, this is where I think the application can really work effectively. Tell us what is design thinking or what is human-centered design thinking as a startup? Okay. Well, really, design thinking is an approach to either find a problem or solve a problem. And it's an approach that helps a business person to think and act more like a designer, hence the term design thinking. It should actually be called design doing, though, because it's all based around action mm-hmm. and doing things. So design thinking has, sort of th- has three principles. The first is that you... You use um, empathy for discovery, so you want to you want to have conversations, and you want to observe people, and, and to really understand what what job it is they're trying to do, and what's getting in their way, and what would help. And the second thing you do is that you use collaboration to create outcomes. So you want to you want to collaborate and work with people to actually um, identify the insights and, and the ideas to help with the um, problems that they might have mm-hmm. and the third thing that we do is we, we we come up with solutions through experimentation and iteration and, and fundamentally you want you want to sort of learn through taking action so you're learning from new information not not old information mm-hmm. um, and, and so you try a lot of stuff and you see what happens and that gives you more information and possibly more insights so then you might come up with more ideas which you start you try and, and, and you sort of iterate your way or move forward by trying a lot of stuff. Iterating, what was that? What, you know, explain to everyone what does iterating mean and, and where does it start from? Well, it can start from anywhere, but uh, iterating means that you, you want to... Some, some people say you need to fail, fail and fail fast, but you fail to fail forward. So you want to, you want to find a way to take steps that will move you forward. Mm-hmm. So instead of um, saying, you know, when you open up, um, you get a flat pack from Ikea and mm-hmm. you've got a set of instructions mm-hmm. and you know exactly what the end state will look like and you know what you need to do, step one, step two, and, and you kind of, you work the plan. When you iterate, you have no idea of what the end outcome will be because you're creating something. Yeah. So you actually do a lot of things and test with people, collaborate with people to see, is that helping? What do you think of that? What still confuses you? And you make adjustments and you keep on, an iteration is just an adjustment to your solution. And you know, some people would call it a prototype. So 
here's my prototype or my solution. Um, what do you think? How can it be improved? What's not working? What confuses you? And you, and you keep changing it with the people so that the, um, the end outcome is actually uh, something that uh, is very satisfactory to the majority. Because um, mm-hmm. the other key thing about design thinking is it recognises that whatever you're working on can't be solved. It can only be improved or, or you can only create an outcome generally benefits the people that you're designing for. Because you're dealing with people's behaviours, emotions, and you just can't satisfy everybody can't satisfy all of the time. Well, it does sound like a crisis to me. Yeah, that's very much. <laughs> you said before about it's a, taking a designer mindset. How hard is that for organisations such as the ones that you've been working with to be thinking in that way? It, it, well, it's incredibly hard because designers have to be comfortable with personal vulnerability. In, in effect, you need to um, step outside of your comfort zone all of the time because you're never sure of what's going to happen. And in businesses, which I work for, everybody likes to be sure of what's going to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like they need it to be what is, what is right, what's replicable, what's reliable. The designer's always thinking about what might be right. So mm-hmm. they're trying stuff, knowing that it might not work. It's really hard with your personal brand mm-hmm. and company to try things that might not work. So how does your process then enable them to be vulnerable or to, to try that? Well, the first thing that, that we're doing is that a lot of collaboration is not only the people in the team, but with the stakeholders in the company. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time um, managing expectations and saying, mm. look, if we're going to find, we need to find some really cool insights from which we can design or opportunities that we can design from. Yeah. And that might take, a little bit of time. Yeah, it might. We might spend three weeks doing some discovery work, having conversations with our suppliers, our customers, people inside the company, just looking for that piece of gold that we can use. And that's really difficult for people in businesses because everybody, you know, people like to reduce things to a quick solution and move on. In design thinking, you're looking for a more effective, creative solution. So you need to open the problem up and spend some time in discovery. And the more time you spend in discovery, the better the information you'll get, the better the insights will will be, and the more um, gold that you'll have to use in terms of ideation and and coming up with ideas. That's difficult for companies. First process is really looking at that discovery to understand some of those problems or challenges Mm. that they have. Um, What normally comes next in the the flow? So after after, um, collecting a whole lot of information, you need to stand back and say, well, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. And you need to find meaning out of the information. So normally what I would do is synthesize a whole lot of data into and maybe four or five or six key insights or key um, focusing questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, What's a focusing question? Well, focusing questions just taking a lot of information and then you might say, how can I reframe this to an opportunity? Uh, so I would say, well, um, we we need to uh, re, we need to get this business up and running in in two weeks, and the focusing question might be, well, how might we leverage this this incident into an opportunity for the business? Mm-hmm. And, and so you brainstorm around a, a around a question, yeah, 
which is based on a series of facts. Mm, and yeah. the facts might lead you to timelines when things need to be done and, and what needs to be done, but the focus in question helps you um, diverge your thinking and, and, and go broad in terms of ideas. So yeah, you take information into, you, you sort of converge it into an, maybe four or five questions, then you broaden your thinking, you fly out again. So you've landed on six questions, then you, land, then you fly out to think of ideas yeah and you've got to pick some of those ideas and bring those back to uh, to actually realize those ideas mm -hmm. in collaboration of course with the people and so so those ideas come back in the form of or the questions come back in the form of courses of action courses of action sometimes it might lead to um, a prototype yep. which is something you can make mm -hmm. to, um, sometimes it might lead to some more interviews that you need to go out and explore because you've, you might identify some assumptions mm -hmm. or want to test some assumptions. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever it does, it, whatever you do, and the key and the, the X factor is working out what to do next yeah. in design thinking because yeah. there's no predetermined pathway. But you need to find a way of continuing to move forward very quickly. Unfortunately, in a crisis, we're talking about being time uh, time crunched. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so bringing that together very quickly, I think, is always going to be a challenge. Um, what's a way that uh, that this process could be potentially applied in those time critical yeah. situations? So, so what we're talking about is more of an approach rather than rather than a linear process. So, some people will look at, and a typical process says, well, you do empathy first, then you define the information come up with opportunities, you ideate on those opportunities, you, you build a prototype and you test the prototype. And a lot of people go, okay, I'll start at the beginning and I'll work my way through. Clearly you can't do that with a crisis. Everything has to happen very quickly. You've got lots of competing stakeholders, lots of ambiguity, mm -hmm. lots of new information coming in, lots of stuff happening. So the, the cool thing about um, design thinking is that is not a, pro a linear process. In, in actual fact, you can be doing all of this from day one. Yeah. So I like to think of them, each of those five phases, if you like, as think of them as like a ball and you're a juggler and yeah. you've got all those five balls in the air at once, all at once. So from day one, you can be trying some stuff. From day one, you're, you're collaborating and you're getting information from customers and suppliers mm -hmm. and, and you're doing desktop research, you're getting feedback from the experiment you're doing. It's all happening very quickly. And you've just got to have a mindset that says, hey, I'm not shooting for perfection. I'm mm -hmm. shooting for a way forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a very curious way too. That's how it can work. It, it can really help you think creatively, um, look for new opportunities that arise from the event that can help the business. And, and crisis might be a catalyst yeah. for change that's needed. Because in today's business world, you're either disrupting somebody or you're being disrupted. Exactly. And I think design thinking as a creative problem-solving approach can really help a company turn a potential disaster into a great opportunity. Let's put ourselves in the situation of a crisis where we've mm. created a, a, an impact on our reputation and our brand. Yeah. Um, what's an what's a easier... I mean, it's pretty easy through social media to determine the influences and those people who are interested in your event, yes. how hard is it to really dig into the, the customer-centric view of what the issues that you've created? I've, I've never found it difficult to 
get customers time if what you're trying to do is improve their life yeah <laughs> so Good point um, often businesses say to me oh it's okay my customers are busy we know everything that they need don't mm. worry about it. and I'll say well just give me 15 minutes or give me some numbers and, and I'll ask them for 15 minutes well as soon as I say I'm working for whatever client yes yeah to help them redesign the service model to, to help you, 15 minutes becomes one hour very easily. Everyone loves to tell you what their issues are and what their frustrations are. Exactly. And what they're trying to do. Businesses just don't spend enough time having those conversations. They're either too busy trying to sell something that they want to sell. Yeah. Or they think they know what their customers want. And so it's, it's not empathy is very easy. Yeah. But it, you do need to have a conversation, not an interview. Yeah, and this is where the importance, as you said before, about curiosity comes into play mm. and, and asking the right question. How, how can you support organisations to ask the right questions to start with? Well, I, I think questioning is the greatest skill that any individual can have, be it in business or in life. Mm. Yet, unfortunately, it's one of those skills that you lose from school because it becomes um, embarrassing. You don't want to put people on the spot or... And, and, Questioning is the fundamental skill for any any great leader is a great questioner. Any great entrepreneur is a great questioner. So I I, um, I help organisations to understand how to question properly mm-hmm. through the conversations. I use empathy maps as a tool. Empathy maps are great because they force you to identify not only what the customer is saying to you, but what what they're seeing in the marketplace, what they're seeing what they're hearing from their competitors, their customers, mm-hmm. um, people in their industry. And then it helps you um, actually think about what you believe they're feeling and thinking. Mm. So, so it helps you get inside the person's shoes. Yeah. So saying, hearing, feeling, and thinking. Yeah. And doing is the other, or what are you doing as well. So it's, yeah. a, it's a 360 degree view of a customer's world. Yes. Yeah. And, and typically with an interview, you're just getting you're just writing down responses. Mm-hmm. If you use this empathy map and you're forced to put things in those boxes, mm-hmm. those segments, then you can stand back and, and you get a whole lot more information about um, where an opportunity might lie to help this particular customer. It's, a, it's the most, um, well, it's the favorite tool of any design thinking practitioner. It's also the favorite tool I've found of any client okay. because it's visual. Mm-hmm. You can put it on the wall with a picture of the person. Okay, yeah, and, the persona that you've yeah, created. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and everybody can very quickly get an image of that person, not only what they're saying, but what they're seeing and thinking and doing and feeling. I think this is probably the critical point for me around design thinking, this application in a crisis, is because a lot of stakeholder strategy is born from the requirement or the desire to control. Yeah to very quickly control the message of what's going out there. A lot, of, uh, a lot of the times that does not include a thought or consideration of the end customer or the end stakeholder in mind. Now, doing this empathy mapping process at the start would, I think, help massively in, in shaping the type and nature and frequency of communications and I think would be a real, real game changer for, for crisis practitioners Moving, moving into that sort of second principle, so yeah. collaboration. So once you've got all of this information, you need to 
ask yourself, well, okay, what does it mean? What does it mean in terms of our opportunities and what we do next? This is great for workshopping. And, and when I talk about collaboration, I mean the more people you can involve in the workshop, um, the better. The more diversity of the people you can involve in the workshop, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, customers are fantastic to bring into these workshops. Clients are fantastic to bring in. Yeah. Suppliers are fantastic to bring in. They always bring in a different set of experiences and a different set of needs and therefore different ideas. And, and they see the information in different ways. So you want to take the information, turn it into some insights or some opportunities for you to design out um, solutions, brainstorm mm-hmm. on, on those opportunities. Okay. Yep. So collaboration um, to do that is essential. Um, mm-hmm. Enlightened sort of trial and error from a large group will always be a lone genius trying to think of <laughs> something, right? <laughs> so so we, um, that's the way we, that's what we do in turn, and, and workshop it. Yeah. And you don't need them all in the same room. You can use technology today to help get different points of view. Um, it's more challenging, obviously, but this is time critical. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's great to have a war room, but let's use the technology and the telephone and, and Skype and whatever else you can to involve as many people as you can in terms of looking at the information and identifying what best next steps are mm-hmm. having identified those what are the ideas we can come up with yeah and you've got to pick some stuff you're not shooting for perfection you're shooting for next steps that people generally agree on and tangible next steps yeah, yeah. tangible next steps. and how do you frame those workshops to all those brainstorming activities to really you know, really focus them in on those tangible next steps so brain or ideation or brainstorming is mm-hmm. a skill mm-hmm. so there's a way to go about it yeah that is a a better way than, than just asking the group to throw question throw answers up on the board. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, a typical approach would be that you give, you ask everybody to think about the question on their own, mm-hmm. come up with some answers on their own, um, and put each answer on a, on a post-it note, for example. Then you bring the group together and you have post-it notes shared on the wall one at a time without debate. <laughs> Without, without debate. judgment. Yeah, yeah. Especially without judgment, I think it's a critical one there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then what you'll find is that um, one person's idea will trigger something in somebody else. So you give them a second round, a second round to, to actually... And, and the second round is when the best ideas come out because um, you uh, people have had the opportunity of having some things sparked from hearing of everyone else's ideas. Um, I... I actually go for a third round with maybe a trigger question. So, okay. What, what would you well, call how, a trigger how, question? How I, so, how might technology help okay. in this problem? Mm-hmm. What would Donald Trump do? <laughs> you know, maybe, you want to, maybe you want to get really controversial yeah. because that gives, that gives you something to work with. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what's a really dumb idea? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that helps take people's um, um, barriers away and helps mm. them get something that's much more useful because it's out there you can always pair it back but it's hard to push something out of course yeah. unless you take away their their um those barriers that are in everybody's minds and don't want to look silly or i don't want to put up a stupid idea so you encourage them to put a stupid idea up of course yeah um, or a controversial idea and then what we need to do is um uh cluster cluster that and make sense of it develop themes uh, and get some themed up ideas and then we vote we, which ones do we like yeah um, and you know three votes each and you take the most popular ones and you turn them into 
uh, a prototype or, or something further to explore or build or do. Yeah. An, an action step based Understood. on what, what you've selected. And, and just make something up that we can interact with and we can understand. Uh, and time and time again, the, the ideas that get voted on are those that are actually communicated and shown more effectively. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's a very important part of it. One of the skills of design thinking is making, just like storytelling and drawing and, and questioning. They're not skills that are normal to businesses, um, which is why this approach adds value because you're using a, a group of different skill sets that normally not applying. Normally not applying in business. So you've got now to the point where you've developed that empathy, mm. understanding what the problem may be. You've developed some solutions or yep. some courses of action. Yep. Um, what's that next principle from there? So the next principle is that you, you need to move forward with your solution based on um, experimentation and, and based on actions. So you're looking for, for new information that you're going to gain from your solution to take you forward, and we use that term iterate before. So, mm -hmm. so you're either experiment, you're trying stuff, and that might that might be a different process, mm -hmm. that might be a different way of communicating, it might be a um, something you've built, um, or a new system, uh, it might be a, a, a new facility that you've opened up. But you're just trying stuff to see what happens, recognizing as a group that we haven't fixed this. <laughs> We're just, we're just doing something to learn from it and we're going to cycle back through it. Gives us new information, potentially new insights, potentially more ideas and potentially we'll do something else. But we're going to do it quick. What sort of room do you have for failure in, in the iteration and the, and the and well, that experimentation yeah. phase? So the mindset has to be one of personal vulnerability. Fail for me is... A, just an anachronism. Fail, F for first, A for attempt, I for in, L for learning. First mm -hmm. attempt in learning is all fail stands for. So you want to do it fast and you want to fail to fail forward, to move forward. Mm -hmm. So uh, if, you know, if you're a water skier and you're not falling over, you're not, you're not getting any better. <laughs> and in design, if you're not making mistakes, you're not actually getting any closer to a solution that everybody loves. When you say getting closer, is there is there an end state in mind when you're looking at these solutions? Because we used to have a, 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 a term that we would use, which mm. would be the end state. Mm. Now we never got there, which, no. is, which is the funny thing about it, but it was that really under a commander's intent, we'd have a purpose, which is why we're doing it, a method, which is a way that we're going to do it, yes. and then an end state, which is a goal or an objective in mind. Do goals go out the window in design thinking or are they pivotal in shaping the experimentation? Mm. Uh, well, no, well, in businesses, goals never go out the window. No. <laughs> um, but I, at the same... And I think there's an end state. The end state is where you're... There's a degree of comfort in the business that, all right, we're, we're, we've passed that crisis. But, but you, there's always room for, for continual improvement. And, and I think that, um, you know, it might be two years down the track, you're still tinkering with things and you, or you're still optimising one of the potential creative solutions that you've come up with. So um, optimization is a key part of, of innovation. 
it's it's you know what how, how it's it's the magician of what have we learned how do we how do we celebrate and how do we continue to amplify the benefits of what we've created um, so you kind of it, it never ends but you can get it to a point where you can relax a bit mm-hmm. and, and you maybe close the war room down and just move into continual improvement and, and amplifying and modifying the challenge we always find though to post those events is the is creating the opportunity for the people involved mm. to debrief and do those retrospectives what's been some of the good techniques that you've seen applied particularly around the human centered design thinking that we could take out and apply in a crisis situation well it's it's just discovery all over again. It's the same approach that you use at the start. And empathy maps are fantastic, once again. Because instead of doing it with um, just your clients, you're doing it with your people and your clients. And and so in effect, you're, it's just a, a way of capturing all of that the thinking, the feeling, what are we seeing, what are we hearing, and, oh, gee, what's it all mean? Because I think that's probably the, the thing that we do tend to forget about is we, we do the controlled messaging out to start with, which mm. is part of a holding statement. We then do media releases. I think key path now needs to be what's been the effect mm. that we created with those stakeholders? Yeah, yeah. How has that changed or how has that empathy uh, model or empathy map changed over time? that becomes really a critical tool for the communicators within a business because that enables the business to understand the effect that they're really having out in their marketplace. Mm. And I suspect that the crisis, every crisis will lead to a business operating differently and using a different, identifying um, things that worked well through that crisis and applying them in their business as usual. We've Talked some great frameworks, some great principles, uh, and and underlying this has been the the application in a normal business perspective, um, and thinking about it now from a crisis perspective, it becomes more and more I think of a, a better a benefit and a tool that we could use to help solve a really complex problems very quickly. Mm. Um, do you see how the applications could work, or how it could benefit in a crisis, James? I, I do. I mean, I, I think design thinking. Wherever you're dealing with people, <laughs> design thinking is a great approach. Mm. So, you know, people have written books about how to design a better life, um, how to raise children, um, you know, how, how to win business in sales, how to develop business in a company, build better processes, be more customer-centric, be innovative. You can use design thinking for all of that. So I still think that, yeah, there are some things that you need to do very traditionally, um, following a, a, a playbook, if you like, after a catastrophe or a crisis. But every crisis is also an opportunity. And where you have an opportunity, in effect, you need to create. And where, where you need to create something, then a design thinking approach is the perfect pro, a perfect approach to help you create because you're looking for new information, not trying to exploit what you already know and the knowledge that you already have in your company. So you're actually trying to test and learn and see what works and and collaborate with customers to create something new. And hopefully the crisis can put you into a better position, maybe even give you a point of difference and a competitive advantage because you've come out the other side, Mm. spending more time working on your business and finding a better way of doing it. 
I think the assure and act components of the 4A is really coming to play there because the engagement and collaboration with your customers and stakeholders have been affected by a crisis uh, all are part of the uh, part of the assurance that you're providing to them um, and I also think that acting shows that you are on the right path to doing the right thing by those who whom's trust you've broken so collaboration is great for relationship building it is and and a bias for action is all that anybody wants to see the biggest <laughs> complaint any insurance I ever received as an as an insurance executive was I don't know what's going on there's not enough information yeah. <laughs> what are the next steps when's this going to happen when's that going to happen the more you collaborate the more confidence you build and the closer the relationship you have post the event you you are a true optimist though aren't you i mean you, you i've always been amazed by your you know, your positivity and and the way that you engage an audience um, that's not often going to be easy for an organization to think of the glass half full when they're dealing with a major incident how is how much is mindset an important part of this yeah well, my mindset as i constantly say is everything <laughs> so so how you view a problem is equally an opportunity and and i think um, case studies uh, hearing from people who have been through it before telling stories about um, how good comes from bad and it always does um, it either makes you stronger <laughs> or it makes you better um, but but i just think in in these sorts of times in any hardship time if you can um, trigger the correct mindset then uh, that's part of my job as a facilitator is to help businesses do that and I think that's where facilitators and consultants can play a great part because you come into it from outside and you come into it with a different um, bag of experience and, and, and tricks and tools and stories and you're right your your job is to uplift and help people understand how to move forward help them make those decisions uh, and help them turn a negative into a positive so James one of the standard questions I've been asking each of the interviewees as they come into crisis talks is if you had a chance to sit down with someone and ask them about or interview them about a crisis they've been through who would you think about sitting down with right now because I, I love sport I'd love to have a chat with Steve Smith because in my business, it's 80% mindset. And I'm a great fan of history and, and sport. And you know, Don Bradman, they always said that it was his concentration and his mindset that made, made him different and stand out. And you know, Steve Smith's been through just as much drama and, and, um, uh, and, and crisis as what Bradman went through, because Bradman never had an easy life <laughs> either. And, and you know, for that, that young man to come out and do what he's doing today, I would just love to have a conversation with him and see what I could learn to help um, other people in crisis situations. Yeah, great answer. I think uh, we spoke to Earl Eddings, the chairman of Cricket Australia, in the in a recent interview, and yeah, hearing the story that they've gone through there and the change that they've affected across cricket is a real testament, not just to Cricket Australia, but also to all of those individuals involved. It's mm. a real, it's a real tribute to them around their own personal resilience and uh, and how they've dealt with that adversity of that situation and, and come out better 
and, you know, shut out all the noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shut out the past. Yeah. Focus on the future and, and come out better and, and create something about your own style, technique, whatever, but come out of it better and stronger. Uh, now onto that next stage for you, mate. Um, what does that look like and what's that new role look like for you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking my design thinking expertise, as you quite um, kindly referred to it, <laughs> and, and, and applying I've never it. seen one better, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> so I'm going to apply it back in the corporate world um, and with, a, with the biggest loss-adjusting company in the world, um, Crawford & Company. Um, and my role would be to work with their clients as a chief client officer to identify with their clients. Well, you know, do an empathy map, if you like, with their clients. Yeah. You know, what's working for you? What's not working for you? What are you trying to achieve? What's frustrating you? Um, and, and then use that all, use all of that information with my clients to actually innovate, come up with creative and innovative solutions to both help the Crawford business and help their clients move forward. Oh, brilliant. Um, well, I think I'm sure it will be a, uh, an amazing success, mate. As I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and that's next week, starting next week. Yeah. So I've got one week of freedom and. Um, and and then it's uh, it's instead of being a four hundred meter runner where I I do short sprints with various companies I've become more of a marathon runner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll be a very successful yeah. marathon, James. And thank you for taking a bit of that time out of your time off in the lead up to that new opportunity to to talk with us and, and share your expertise because yeah you, you you've been very humble before but I've seen seen it in action I've seen it in play I've applied some of your thinking now on two other ventures that I've worked on over time and um, and it's really helped me along the journey and certainly I hope it helps a lot of people out there as well so thank right. you very much James thanks Grant nice to reconnect good on you mate cheers